0: to our session one first episode for real of Thirsty Sword Lesbians Um, this season does not have a title because I am not John John Johnson (laughs) who uh, is brilliant but not the way I GM I am Tess Huth uh, she her pronouns and I am our gay master
1: hi I'm Mia Kogavia I use she her pronouns and I am Malta Regina
0: hey y'all I'm Leo.
2: My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and he, him, his, and I'm playing Rugosa.
3: Hello, I'm Jonathan Johnson. I'm used, I am used, they, and he pronouns, and I am play uh, Nymeria Wu, who used she, her.
4: Uh, I am Percy. I use he, they, and ze pronouns. I play Adelaide, who uses she, her pronouns.
5: I am Gina. And I'm playing Coney Shiversville, who uses she, they pronouns.
0: Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate those intros. And we're going to go ahead and just jump right on in. So we open on an overhead shot of The Untamed. At first, it looks like normal length grass with a squirrel scurrying through it. However, as we zoom in, it becomes evident that this grass is actually abnormally tall. It's 30 to 50 feet in the air, and the squirrel is size to match. In the middle of this grass, we see a small column of smoke. Getting closer to the smoke, there is a small settlement, probably about 15 or 20 homes, and in the center of that like circle of homes, we see a group of people dancing around a bonfire. We're at the funeral of one of the older members of the settlement. A young Black woman with a shaved head kneels close to the fire, planting a small seed in the ground. She says, Ash returns to ash and new life begins. And with that, in honor of Aunt Agatha, let's do some shots. And uh, (laughs) people pass bottles around. They're (laughs) laughing, singing, dancing, flirting. As you all know, and our audience knows, um, funeral in the Untamed are joyous occasions. Uh, so we're going to start with Kony, uh, our scoundrel. Uh, where are you in this situation? And if you're feeling so inclined, can you give us a brief description of your character?
5: Yes, yeah. I am standing on the sidelines, but also in the center of things at the same time. I didn't really know the person who has passed, and I appreciate being part of The community and being in the center of it all. I'm definitely um, engaging in the shot taking, as well as I have a couple of other bottles tucked in various pockets of my garb that I like to hand out and hand around, depending on who's near me. Um, So definitely the current afterlife of the party. (laughs) That's a bad pun. Um, So I generally I have. Dark black hair that has an undercut to it, so it's long on one side, short, unshaved on the other. I'm very tall, at least six feet, and just broad-shouldered, and also very muscular biceps, um, things like that. And I just really love being part of the the party. (laughs) I noticed that Adelaide is like looking at me, which is cool. Also, I wear a one of those outfits that's like part dress part pants at the same time and I have my very big decorative sword that is at the center of this awesome outfit um I also have another sword that is a flask but not a lot of people know that um so that's that's where I am and that's what I look like
0: Perfect. Uh, since we do see Adelaide looking at you, which we know because Percy dropped the eye emoji into uh, chat, we're going to go ahead and jump over to Adelaide. Adelaide, where are you during this whole fiasco shindig um, <laughs> uh
4: Adelaide is sitting on a log kind of I think there's this sort of uh, circle of logs around the fire, but set pretty far back. So there's lots of room for dancing in between. So she's kind of on the opposite side of the fire from Coney sitting and quietly um, like throwing little twigs for Pepper, her, her eerie companion ghost dog to go and, and fetch and bring back to her. And it's just sort of, it's just sort of sitting quietly uh, and, and is definitely keeping an extra a, like, an extra special eye on Kony, kind of, like, can't look away from Coney, uh, but is also just sort of seeing what's up and feeling like like she wants to be adjacent to what's going on, if not exactly a part of it. Um, Adelaide is kind of, like, short and and kind of skinny and has, like, really, like awkwardly sort of long arms, like is very sort of not super comfortable in her body. Um, She's wearing like a pinstriped pink and peach shirt and a little bow tie um, and some like linen pants. um, And of course, her elaborately embroidered um, green and pink uh, train conductor sash. She has red hair that's done in two little space buns on the top of her head, and she has kind of short little bangs. Uh, And she wears a pair of round wire-framed glasses.
0: Terrific. And speaking of people who I assume are on the outside, but I might be surprised, uh, Nymeria Wu, where are you during this party?
3: So I think uh, Nymeria, who is, I think, the equivalent of like a foreign exchange student here, Uh, dressed up for what she suspected would be like a more proper funeral, quote-unquote. So I think she's dressed in like a like a long black gown uh, that is well at odds for the style of dance that is required, which in my head is like quirking and lots of flailing, and um, the, she is not suited for any of that. So I think she's seated on one of the logs. She's uh, like head slightly downcast, uh, you know, and... Like secretly enjoying the way the the firelight plays shadows on her face. Um, but she's got her hands folded neatly in her lap, looking as prim and as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> and um, I, I imagine that at some point someone hands her a shot and she just looks at it absolutely nonplussed, and will probably look over to Ragosa for guidance.
0: Excellent. And would you like to describe yourself before we jump over to see what Virgosa offers for you?
3: Oh yeah. So she's she's there in her long black gown uh, right now. Uh, her hair is neatly tied up in a single bun towards the back with a, a nice like golden like little phoenix comb keeping it in place. Uh, and she's done her makeup very like carefully, considerately, trying to like do enough but not too much because it's a funeral. And then like has nails very neatly painted probably like has some little crushed gems in them as well just for a little like elegance and then uh yeah and you know very uh i think she's very very slender very like the sort of chinese beauty ideal right like pale slender and silent
0: excellent and as nymeria looks over to rugosa uh rue what are you doing at this party
2: Rugosa is juggling missions in this moment. One of these missions is to blend in. And so every now and then, Rue takes a shot and it's just like, ha ha, yes, to grass. And then, like, tosses the shot over his shoulder while everybody else, like, has their head back taking it. Like, hmm, yes, delicious, delicious alcohol. Mhm. Um <laughs> while Rugosa feels like somewhat responsible for Nymeria having been uh, her escort to this area because Rue was raised in this very like ascetic monastic like possessions are to be shunned kind of world being with the best dressed person at the party is a little bit like oh, nope I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not actually with her I'm not actually I'm just I'm just helping I'm just helping I'm not actually but uh when she notices Nymeria looking to Rue for guidance does another big show of a like hi yes another drink that of which I love um it demonstrates what they've been doing all night
3: i just want to say in that moment i think that maria will nod and just chuck the shot glass over her shoulder into the
2: The only thing better than drinking is drinking with good friends my good friend we're not actually that but yeah friends we're all friends rue is built like Stacked like muscles on muscles on muscles, but they're not actually that tall. Like, it's not so the muscle is pretty, like, it's pretty stout muscle. They have like that deep, kind of like bone deep tan that, like, you can tell they've just been standing on a ship, like in the sun with little cover for most of their lives. Um, and she's got a shock. Of bright, like almost white blonde hair that um, they've never like had it cut with anything like scissors. Um, every now and then, uh, he just takes uh, her sword ox to it and and like cuts it all about. So it's it's quite shaggy, but they've tried to um, push it back for the occasion. I'll also say that Rue has heard tell of villainy in the area and of a certain villainous individual of which they know nothing about. They don't even have a name. They just know that there's villainy about. And so they're kind of like keeping her eyes open for for villainy.
0: Terrific. And before we go to... Ruse, search for villainy and Nymeria's uh blending in and such. we uh, we got one more member of the party to check in on, and that is Malta Regina.
1: Yeah, so Malta Regina is kind of trying to keep a low profile, which is very difficult because she's very tall. She's a very imposing figure. She's built like like one of those uh like shot put throwers from the Olympics, or just like a very sturdy big body um like very muscly but you can't really necessarily see all the muscle because she's very like a round figure but like incredibly strong and so but she's like thick you know thick and juicy and she's got this like big mane of like orangish pink hair which doesn't really you know she stands out with it, which is why she covers it in like a big like hooded cloak. And she wears a lot of earth tones so she can kind of blend into the grasses. Um, and her giant sword is kind of like it's strapped to her back, but she's like wrapped it in a bunch of like stuff and put a couple of like uh, unassuming pots and pans and all sorts of stuff under it. So people just think it's like a big Carry all bundle. People don't notice that it's that it's actually a sword. She's like, nothing to see here, folks. Um so she is like kind of weaseling in, just like taking some alcohol and kind of like shuffling back to the back of the camp so that she can kind of drink it in private. So she sits on a log, like just outside of the the action enough where people don't notice her, but inside enough where she's not like, in danger herself, so she's like at the edge of the firelight, and so she's just like drinking, and she can drink a lot. She can drink, she can hold her own, but she's actually a little tipsy, which is uncommon for her, because she's just like, you know, that aunt was was actually one of her uh, carousing buddies back in the day. So she's just like, you know, I got to give it up. I got to give it up.
0: Awesome, and we've got a couple people on the outskirts at the moment, and a. Young and Younger individual, like, 18, 19, very much, like, I'm going to use the word frat bro in the most, like, gender neutral version of that word possible. A frat bro named Declan, uh, who uses C, sir pronouns, uh, comes, like, up to the three of you who are on the edge. And, like, starts dancing, not, like, aggressively, aggressively, but just, like... Very much that person at a party who's like, "Yo, you're on the outskirts. I'm gonna make you join, whether you want to join or not." I think C goes up to Adelaide first, uh, and is just not a good dancer. C is energetic. <laughs> C is enthusiastic, but C is bad. Uh, Adelaide, how do you react to this?
4: What? Why are you doing this? She says in like a in like a <laughs> stage
0: whisper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that response definitely takes, like, Sir off guard a little bit. And sees like, uh, w- I, and because C doesn't have anything else to say, Declan immediately moves on uh, and goes over to Coney. I guess C didn't need anything. <laughs> And Adeline
4: goes back to throwing sticks.
5: Cody, I am so excited to dance. Sure, why not? Let's all dance. I love it. And um, my favorite way to dance is flailing my arms about and not really moving my legs. So there's a lot of flailing up here and not a lot of movement down there. And that's the way we're going to dance. Declan, what's up? Uh, (laughs)
0: And Declan is super into it. Declan has three different, like, flasks uh, on Sir Belt and, like, pulls one off and offers it to you.
5: Yeah. I'll, do you want one of mine? Do you want to do a switch? I take out one of mine. It's in the shape of a rose. Do you want it? it's rose stuff?
0: Sir Eyes light up and, like tosses you Flask, and then, like, reaches and I don't think waits for you to pass yours over, just, like, grabs yours from your hand and awesome. is like, cheers!
5: Cheers! Yes! And I take a huge swig and it tastes rancid. What is this? Uh,
0: and C is like, oh, it's grass wine? Like, it's it's the best. Like, local delicacy Honestly, I make it, like, you know, back in my, like, little cabin there. It's, you know, like a special homebrew kind of thing.
5: That is so cool that you make your own grass wine. I hope that you find a person that loves it as much as you do. <laughs> Here you go. I'm going to take mine back. Thanks.
0: C does <laughs> not realize how backhanded of a compliment that is. <laughs> And, like, reaches for your hand and is, like, pulling you back towards Adelaide. Because C is determined to get Adelaide to dance. And, like, tries to, like, not, like, aggressively sandwich. It's not like a, like, we're pressing our bodies against you. It's just, like, we are now on either side of Adelaide. Just, like, a respectful distance away dancing to try to encourage her to join. And uh, Adelaide, you and I are surrounded by uh, Declan, who's this bro, and Coney, who you were eyeing up earlier.
4: Um, as Declan brings Coney over, the breath catches in Adelaide's throat. Are the two of you, like, sitting down, or are you kind of standing on either side, and she's, like, in the middle sitting on the log?
0: Declan is definitely standing. And Coney, what about you? Are, is
5: Adelaide still sitting?
4: yeah, she's still sitting down. she's She's just sort of looking confused um and doesn't really like doesn't understand that this is an invitation to dance. She's just sort of like, why are you like, why are you here?
5: <laughs> I continue to aggressively move my upper body and arms as I make eye contact with Adelaide. And even though I was laughing and I am laughing and smiling. Something cut, catches in my eye when I look at Adelaide's eye, and that kind of makes the flailing more of a, a wave versus a a frantic.
4: Adelaide uh, kind of tilts her head to the side and does like um like at a sporting event, does like a like a wave, <laughs> and kind of cocks her head to the side.
5: I laugh and I say, "Come on." That's that's the one of the best dance moves I've ever seen. And Pony does it, too.
4: Oh, uh, OK. Um, she turns around and she says uh, kind of quietly stay, Pepper. And she gets up um,
0: and she starts to just do the <laughs> the wave. Uh, just doing a quick check in. Are either of you smitten at this point? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just wanted to verify. It sounded like we might have had a moment there, so wanted to double check. Uh, Perfect. Uh, The other person on the outskirts at this moment, uh, kind of hanging out towards the side, Rue was kind of there watching, also kind of in the middle. Uh, Nymeria was also there. Malta, Regina was also there. Everyone was kind of on the outside. Uh, But Malta, Regina, we're going to stick with you. You see this, I'm going to call it a spectacle, happening. Um, What is her reaction to all of this?
1: I think it's really funny. And I'm like trying to giggle, but like to make it like a very... I start giggling and then I catch myself because thugs aren't supposed to giggle. So I'm like... (laughs) Oh, that's cute. That's some cute shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> fantastic, and it's at this point that Rue and Malta Regina, you both probably realize this before anyone else, um, because both of you are Rue. You are looking for like shady things, shady people, uh, and Malta Regina, you are already watching and also like are familiar with the shadier side of things. There is a young individual, probably, I'm going to say 26, 27, with like braided hair, like shaved uh, all the way around with like one braid off the top of their head. And they're not someone you recognized earlier. They're like slinking through the area, trying really hard to blend in almost in the same way that Nymeria was like trying to blend in where it's like they don't know the customs, but they're trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. Uh, So Rue or Malta Regina, do you want to do anything about this at the moment?
2: I think Rue calls attention to them. Maybe just like lifts up a glass and says, friend you do not have a drink you would like one um so that they are a little bit more conspicuous to everybody else as well and without waiting for a reply goes on over to them brings brings a second
0: drink perfect are you um like looking trying to find out more information on them or are you just trying to like for lack of a better word corner them
2: Yeah, is this a time I could use figure out a person?
0: I think it's absolutely a time you could use figure out a person.
2: (laughs) Maybe I will try to figure out a person.
0: Perfect. For our first move in the game, Um, figure out a person. When you try to understand a person, roll plus wit. uh, And then we'll see what you get and we'll give you the uh, success or fail condition based on that.
2: Great. Could you remind me what? kind of thing I'm rolling.
0: Yep, you're going to roll two six-sided die, 2d6. Here we go. And then you'll add your wit to that.
2: My wit is plus zero, if you haven't guessed
0: yet. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's a four. Perfect. Rue, since you did fail that roll, go ahead and mark uh, experience. Um, When you fail a roll, you will get experience towards leveling up. Uh, because we're doing a short run campaign, we're going to be leveling up at three experience it, as opposed to five, like it normally is. Uh, so make sure you mark that down. They take the drink and like do the thing that like you do at weddings, where you like link arms with the person that you're like <laughs> getting the drink from, like a bride and groom would do, um, or bride and bride, etc. And they make direct eye contact with you and uh just take a like long and slow drink
2: i rue realizes that that she's caught and uh i think he does the same maintains eye contact takes a deep swig um, he doesn't like swallow it right away, it like stays in their cheeks as long as it can, and then she just kind of nods and is like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm, like swishes it around a while before finally swallowing it. Ah, yes, that's how that tastes
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good, and they like. Unhook their arm from yours and, like, without saying anything, like, place their hand on your cheek and then promptly turn and walk away.
2: Uh, wait, the face is touched. <laughs> that's not that's not a kind of touch that rue is used to, and and rue is confused and curious, and I think is is feeling. Feeling a little beaten in, 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 like, the earlier attempt of figuring this person out. So doesn't pursue, but is going to keep intense watch of this person for the rest of the night. Like, pretty, pretty laser focused. The blinders are on.
0: Perfect. And they go right up to Nymeria. As smooth as they were with Rue, they sit right next to Nymeria. And I don't know where they got another drink from. Like, no one really saw them grab one, but they have a drink in their hand and offer it to Nymeria.
3: Nymeria uh, slightly scooches away (laughs) and uh, accepts the drink with a thank you and promptly throws it over her shoulder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They look really taken aback by that. And like, you can tell they're not sure if they want to be offended or if they're impressed. They kind of stand there for a moment and then they're like, okay, good to know that you're allergic to alcohol.
3: No, I'm celebrating.
0: By not drinking. Yes. Okay. What are you doing to celebrate? I mean, I'm just looking for... The most exquisite people here.
3: Then you have a very difficult task.
0: I think I've already achieved it. And
3: Nymeria looks around completely oblivious and goes, mm, No, there are so many more people here.
2: Ru- is Rugosa an earshot for this? Just curious.
0: Is Rugosa an earshot for this?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think based on our earlier interaction with Nymeria maybe we were I think I think the, that they are like kind of doing the thing like over this person's shoulder like facing Nymeria they're like trying to like make eyes and be like hey do, do, do you need help do you, you want me to get in there you, you good you good but once they hear that they've already met the most exquisite person their heart stops because they genuinely believe it could be Rue genuinely believes it could be them
0: amazing they don't notice Rue watching them but they are so taken aback by everything happening with Nymeria right now like it's just not what they were expecting
3: once you've collected all the most exquisite people what do you intend to do with them
0: they pause and they're like No, I'm not, like, making a circus. Why would you make a circus? No, I'm... I'm trying to hit on you.
3: Oh, uh, Nymeria draws her sword.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I should have realized that was going to be the response. Uh, Are you going to engage, or are you just going to, like... Is this just a preparation in case you need to? Oh, it's a
3: preparation. She says, if you want to duel, all you have to do is ask.
0: And I think that they are actually kind of really into the idea of like dueling as flirting. Because thirsty sword
2: lesbians? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, So yeah, they are going to like clear a space. And the crowd is a little drunk. And also just like already really here for like flirting and dancing and rebel rousing and such. And so uh they start like cheering and encouraging the two of you to do the thing. So yeah, I'm gonna say uh Nymeria, if you want to, um you could use fight here if you're trying to uh like actually win this. Uh, or you could try to figure out a person. If you're trying to like get information from that,
3: yeah, I don't think Nymeria understands that there's information to be got here. I think she just thinks it's a duel, so I think she's going for perfect. Fighting.
0: All right, go ahead and roll to fight for me. Uh, that move is uh, plus fight, vi- uh, plus daring, or plus grace, depending on how you're fighting.
3: Uh, grace, because I'm a I'm a, using a very thin, slender sword. And that's going to be a, an eight.
0: Perfect. Uh, So when you seek to incapacitate someone with violence, roll plus Daring or plus Grace. Um, So on a seven or nine, you'll choose two from the list and your opponent is going to choose one. Uh, So you'll flirt or provoke your opponent, gain a string on them uh, through violence or cutting words, inflict a condition. Uh, you'll create an opportunity for an ally through prowess or distraction, or you'll take an object from them and seize a superior position.
3: I think through, <laughs> so to follow this through, I think we will go with violence to inflict the conditions. And I also, by the end of it, would like to take their
0: sword. Perfect. Uh, their sword is, it looks like it is woven from like, thousands of blades of grass but not like woven into a whip like it looks like it's woven around something um so it's this like long and really sturdy pole with blades of grass wrapped around it in this like sharp pattern and yeah they get to choose one in response and I think they pull you really close at one point while you are doing this probably right before you get their sword and they're like four or five inches away from your face and then they wink at you and even you realize that this is just blatant flirting
3: yeah Nymeria blushes but also looks absolutely aghast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think in that like it's the it's the confusion, like the panoply of emotions that are occurring. And I think she uh, she responds by like twisting and slapping the their hand with the flat of her sword and disarming them. Perfect.
0: And they pull back and you see for a moment this like almost betrayal in their eyes. And before they can do anything else the ground around you all starts to rumble. And it's like pulsing rumbles. It's not like one continuous earthquakey rumble. It's like, you know, the scene in Jurassic Park where someone is walking and you see the like ripples on the cup of water. It is very much that. Something is walking near this like settlement camp out campground area in the untamed it is really common for these kinds of things to happen though this is much louder than normal but like people don't really freak out people just like immediately break and just start going for like their cabins their tents etc and just breaking everything down to move and they start looking to you Adelaide uh, because one of the most common ways for them to uh, like get out of an area quickly is to use your train.
4: <laughs> um I think when the rumble happens, Gina, feel free to veto this. Um Adelaide grabs Coney's hand and very quickly lets go of it after she realizes like just kind of unconsciously grabs it and then is like, Oh, um, right. The the train. Um, And she runs uh, to get the train set up.
5: When Adelaide grabs my hand, my heart does a dance inside of itself. And my whole chest feels warm.
0: Oh, so good. Uh, Checking in once again, Coney. are you smitten?
5: Coney hates to admit it and will never admit it out loud. But to the void, yes, I'll admit that I'm smitten.
0: Terrific. So, when you become smitten with someone, which is always your choice, you'll say why. You'll give them a string on you, and then you're going to answer the question in your uh, playbook where it says truths of heart and blade. Uh, There'll be a question there, and you will answer that. I give
5: Adelaide a string. And my question is why would your romance never last? And the answer is simple because Adelaide is everything and you can't hold everything all at once so our romance will never last even though I long to ride trains with her all day
4: all right so I'm smitten with Tony (laughs) I'm gonna say for posterity (laughs) for the podcast that I'm legitimately tearing up a little bit oh my god
3: (laughs)
1: I want to see this become Sorry. a series. Non-HBO Max series cuz they would cancel it, but like I want to see it <laughs> <laughs> come to fruition for real.
4: <laughs> Meanwhile, Adelaide is fully in business mode, like I got to help everybody get out of here. Like this is my job and is like running to the train.
0: Excellent. Pepper is part of like the train process for you, right? Yes. Uh, so what does that look like as Pepper, like, jumps in to help you? I think I recently taught
4: Pepper how to operate the train on his own. And I and I trust him more than I trust any of the unseen. Um, because they'll do tricks, and I know Pepper won't, because um, he's my companion. So I think as I'm, like, flipping switches and stuff and, like, getting the, um, like, navigation area all set up and ready to go... Um, like, Pepper is just ready at the, like, lever at the back to start propelling it when I tell him to.
0: Perfect. And we see you already there, prepared to move. Um, I want to check in with Malta Regina. Uh, Malta Regina, it's been a while since you, like, did this drill. Since you jumped into that, like, action point. Uh, or is this something that you feel rusty about? Or is this something that you're like, oh no, this is drilling into us. I know exactly what to do here.
1: Um, I think I know exactly what to do. You know, it's been a while since I've been in this town, but being a bandit, you got to pick up and move really fast. You know, I grab, I had set my sword down. I hoist my sword up and I start booking it to the train, but then I stop in my track and I'm like, they're not going to let me on this train, are they? (laughs) Shit. Um... I got to figure out what to do here. So I, I'm i looking around to see if there's something that's going to disguise me a little bit more so I can get on this train without people really recognizing my face because I'm like, if anybody's going to know who I am, it's it's going to be Adelaide. So I I really got to like up my disguise
0: game. Perfect. I'm going to say that sounds like a defy danger role. Um, so when you push your limits to achieve something extraordinary that's not covered by another move, or to avert an imminent danger to yourself or someone else, say what you're willing to sacrifice and then pick your approach. Uh, so let's start with what are you willing to sacrifice to you know, get on this train?
1: I am willing to sacrifice my dignity. Cause I'm like really like independent. Like I don't need anybody. Like I can do this on my own, but this is really like, it's gonna hurt for me to be like, please let me on this train. Or it's going to hurt for me to like, even though I'm disguised, to be like, please let me on this train. Like disguising and sneaking onto a train is very vulnerable. It feels very vulnerable.
0: Absolutely. So you've got a couple options to how you're going to approach the situation. Uh, you can approach it with might, endurance, or courage. You can approach it with swiftness or elegance. Uh, with charm or social insight. With cleverness or knowledge. Or with willpower or metaphysical skill. I, I'm
1: not very good at the charm, but I'm going to try it.
0: Excellent. So you're going to roll a 2-6 sided die, 2d6. Okay. Plus your heart.
1: All right. And I, I just want to let everybody know that I've got my, my, like, my new dice that I got for my birthday. So one of them is like a pinkish purple sparkly Sailor Mooney dice. And then the other one's this like moody nebula glitter dice. So... They fit perfectly for this for this game.
0: I love that.
1: Okay, so I got a, a four and a three, so it's seven altogether.
0: Perfect. And is your heart a plus zero? Yes. Perfect. All right. So on a seven and nine, um, I'm either going to offer you a hard choice, or you can six su- uh, be successful with a sacrifice. Okay. Um. So. Your hard choice, and you can either do this or you can succeed with a sacrifice. Your hard choice is that you will get this done, but Pepper is going to see you. (laughs) You're not going to know that Pepper is going to see you, but you, the player, know that Pepper is going to see you. Which will inevitably alert uh, Adelaide that you're on the train. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the person who previously robbed Adelaide several times over... Uh, is now trying to use her services to get away from this catastrophe. Ah, oh,
1: crap! Crap! Uh,
0: or I can I can succeed, but at a cost. That's my other option, right? Which would be your uh, you're sacrificing your dignity.
1: Okay. Ah, uh, I think
0: I'm going to sacrifice my dignity. Perfect. So there's two different ways you can do this. So there is a like bucket of food. Like veggies and like fruit that are like right on the cusp of their, like, you should not use anymore date, uh, that you can dive into if you want to like hide there. Um, or there is a whole like area of like children's toys and children's costumes that is getting packed up, and you are more than welcome to grab any of those children's costumes, uh, and disguise yourself in something. <laughs> over the top and ridiculous.
1: I'm going to disguise myself with the children's costumes. So Perfect. I'm going to put on a feather boa and one of those glasses with a fake nose on it. <laughs> and it's got little, a little mustache attached. And then I'm going to put on like a, um, a fun hat with a flower on it so it makes me <laughs> seem less intimidating. And I'm like, don't mind me. Just one of the regular townsfolk. And I like twirl my mustache, like, ha (laughs) ha, nothing to see here.
2: Um, Just to say, Rue has given themselves the job of like being the last one on. They've just decided that that's the thing they have to do. And so they see this very fancy person with a a fancy glasses and boa uh, start to move past them. And like, quickly, you're going to miss the train.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) thank you fellow law-abiding citizen oh you're welcome (laughs) fellow law-abiding
2: citizen my goodness it's good to see a a person of fellow spirit yes toodaloo (laughs) toodaloo of course yes
0: and we see Malta Regina run towards the train uh right past Nymeria uh Nymeria you have not been in this region for long at all This is all still relatively new to you. Um, So my first question, have you been around for any of these, like, mass exoduses? Let's say no. Perfect. Did anyone warn you about
3: these? I'm sure they did as part of, like, the cultural exchange. But does being told about it versus experiencing it for the first time, like... I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, it's like, oh, I remember. And it's just all out the ears. And so because Nymeria is standing there with a recently disarmed opponent's sword. And then the earth starts rumbling. And I think she goes, oh, no, I must have violated the
0: commandment. <laughs> and your opponent looks at you and they're like, first time? Dueling? No. And <laughs> she waves their sword at them. And they gesture to everyone, like, packing up their stuff and rapidly leaving. And they're like, no, with all this.
3: With a panic? No. I understand panic well.
0: They, like, take a deep breath. And then they're like, how much stuff do you have? Trunks and trunks. And they're looking around. Um, and I think they see Kony. And they, like, wave their hand at Kony to be like, hey, can you help Nymeria get these trunks?
5: Of course. Uh, How many trunks do you have? Three. Oh, that's no problem. I'm going to lift one on one shoulder and one on the other shoulder. Can you get the last one?
3: And Nymeria will nod and look agog at the thought of someone lifting two trunks.
5: What do you have in here?
3: Mostly clothes and books.
5: Oh, what kind of clothes?
3: And she indicates her like gown.
5: Wow, that's very let's get on the train. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we see the whole crew of you. I think uh Rue, you're the last one on. Again, this is efficient. Besides Nymeria and like one or two other like guests to the area, everyone knows exactly what they're doing. Stuff is packed up quickly and everyone is on the train tracks. Uh, Rue, do you want to like take one last look around or are you going to just jump on?
2: I think that I'll have like one foot up on, on the step and one foot on the ground. Like my hand is on the rail so the train can start moving. But if I can catch sight of whatever this thing is, I'm going to try my damnedest.
0: Perfect. That's not going to be hard because as the train starts moving, as it starts rolling out, a very large foot lands on the train tracks, no more than thirty feet in front of you. Uh, Adelaide, how quick can this train stop? Uh,
4: probably not super fast.
0: Although, um, it's
4: barely gotten started, so it's not like it's moving at its at its full speed. But I think it's thirty feet's going to cut it close. <laughs>
0: Perfect. You've got a move where you can, like, call upon the uh, unseen, correct?
4: I can commune with the unseen in a ritual, and I can also get help from Pepper to defy disaster.
0: Perfect. Let's go ahead and have you defy disaster then. Hell yeah. Um, And it sounds like you're going to be doing that with spirit, because metaphysical skill.
4: Yes, I think that's that's true. I think Pepper is, like... um, (laughs) is, like, working with the lever to try and get it to to stop its momentum.
0: I'm getting full, like, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Max the Dog vibes.
4: Yeah. A hundred percent. That's going to be an eight.
0: Perfect. Uh, So on a seven and nine, the GM will offer you a hard choice, or you'll succeed with a sacrifice. I should have asked first. um, What are you willing to sacrifice for this to work?
4: Um, Adelaide would be willing... Um, to sustain damage to the train in order to keep all the people safe.
0: So I will offer you a hard choice. Um, If you and Pepper disconnect, like, your part of the train, the rest of the train will be able to come to a stop, but the two of you will be disconnected as, like, this whatever it is, is marching along. Uh, or you can take some damage to the train. Adelaide uh, sees the
4: the foot land on the tracks and turns around and catches Rue's eye and shouts to them, keep everyone safe, and then pulls the pin connecting the front car from the rest of the train. So I will I will disconnect the front part.
0: The rest of the train stops as you all, you and Pepper, keep going right as the monster's foot is lowering again towards the tracks where you two now are.
4: Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Todd Brian Backus, Percival Hornack and Nicholas Orvis and is mixed and edited by Anthony Sertel-Dean. Arthur’s Thirsty Sword Lesbians campaign features Gina Famia as Kony Shiversville, Miyako Gavia as Malta Regina, Percival Hornack as Adelaide, John John Johnson as Nymeria Wu, Leo Mock as Rue Gosa, and this game is Game Mastered by Tess Youth. If you'd like to help us continue exploring the intersection of theater and tabletop role-playing games, consider leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice or supporting us and getting access to our patron-only bonus content at patreon.com slash Nerds. You can find our social media and website links, including our cast bios, at the link tree in our show notes. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds.